Welcome to The Scoop, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi everyone, welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig and I have a very special co-anchor today, Keila Savelli. Welcome Keila to Thank the show. You. Thanks so much. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. And people might think it's been a big week in um, TA and recruitment, but sometimes it's not. Has it been a big one? What are you, what are you coming across? It has been a massive one. No, um, I feel <laughs> like what's today? Today is Wednesday that feels like a Monday, but it's it probably Tuesday. I never know what day it is anymore. I don't know what's wrong with my don't brain. Don't need to know. They're all the same. They're all the same. I show up on time for everything, which is really the important. It is. That's, that's all you got to do. Our, people remember me for <laughs> When I die on my tombstone, it'll say she showed up on time for everything. <laughs> um, no, it's actually pretty bleak out there. When you Google some of the news in our in our network, it's still about discrimination. I'm seeing things about gender discrimination, age bias, um, some stats about how bias is still well and truly alive for about mm. 95% of human beings, which does not surprise me. I actually think it's 100% of human beings. It's mm. how we're coded. Um, yeah, what have you come across? I've, well, yeah, funny you should mention that around discrimination. Um, PageUp have recently released a report based on feedback from 185,000 applicants, and apparently too many recruiters are asking too many intrusive and redundant questions. They're like being asked for referee details, passport or license um, information at the front end of a process, or questions around children. So it's really interesting. But what's even more interesting when we talk about discrimination are the gender results. So 12% of males found that questions from recruiters are intrusive or redundant, 12%, but a whopping 51% of females found interview questions to be intrusive or redundant. What do you think about that? Yeah, look, unless you are offering to babysit on a Saturday night for my three (laughs) kids, I don't think you need to know that I have them up front. But I also think that's you're selling the whole person. So I love to share those that kind of information about where I come from, about how many children I have, Mm. because it paints the whole picture of who I am. But when we just think about data storage, there's no reason why I should be uploading my visa status, my passport, and all of that before we've actually had our first uh, our first date, exactly, our first rodeo. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and um, referee details as well. Like a lot of people will have a job where they're unaware that they're looking for something else, and yet they're asking people to give the details of their direct manager up front. It's uh, and I've never got that. I've never got references until they need to be right at the end, not near the start of the process. You hear nightmare stories about that, right? Mm. Like they haven't um, told their current manager that they're leaving and then they get a ring to say, oh, Craig's <laughs> applied for this job at Sportsbet. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? I've got another one here from Smart Company. Australian workers see a strong work-life balance as the most desirable trait among employers when they're going for a job. So new research shows that, and that suggests that small businesses may be starting to get a foothold in the war for talent. Because as we know over the last month or two, many larger enterprises are starting to demand people come back to the offices, whereas smaller businesses can be a little bit more flexible. What do you think about that? 
I can only speak to my personal experience and where I work, we are asked to come back to base three days a week, mm-hmm. but that goes hand in hand with our culture, our in-person events, and yeah. it makes it that much more special. Not to say that we don't run things hybrid, but it has made that, um, that come back to the office even better. But I do hear of other companies where you know, we were just talking to somebody before and they aren't mandated to come back to the office. They never know when they're going to see people on their team. And yeah. when they do come, they might be sitting in an empty office all by themselves. So it's it's an awkward one. It is. And I think that um, it does vary markedly on what type of person you are. So I'm finding, so I'm do, still doing a lot of hands-on recruitment and I'm finding that candidates, are, it's one of their first questions are, what sort of model are we looking, office, hybrid, work from home? And um, I never know how to answer it because I never know what they want me to say. So, you know, like they might be a person who solely wants to work from home or needs an office. So um, I think that it's important that in any advertising or any branding or marketing for new roles that uh, potential employees are upfront about it because it'll help dictate what sort of people apply for those roles, I reckon. I just saw an article about, I'm going to butcher it because they said it so beautifully. And of course I can't remember, but it was um, not like lazy Mondays, but basically people, oh, bare minimum Mondays bare is minimum how Mondays. people are treating it. So most offices, you don't have to come into the office on a Monday. <laughs> so employees are just doing the bare minimum. So it's four day week. Yeah. Employees are saying, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but oh, actually God. the pace of the business requires it to be a little bit more of a sprint. And then you see the other part where there's so many reports of burnout and we're only halfway done with the year. So what's the happy medium? We'll never know. And and that bare minimum Monday, I find that Mondays are my busiest days because I've usually tried to completely switch off over the weekend and I'm scared to open my emails to see what's going to hit me in the face on a on for a me morning. it's it's laundry it's <laughs> it's laundry in between all the meetings so it's homework and it's housework and work work <laughs> this one from shortlist another world first ai tool and i reckon one's coming in just about every week at the moment but every day <laughs> screening software provider sapia ai has launched a new function that apparently detects and flags when candidates are using ai generated responses during recruitment process. It's AI calling out AI. I know, how that's do you like, like that? That's, that's, like, that's gang warfare right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so they consider the function a world first and they say it prevents candidates from using generative AI tools to respond to prompts. But uh, firstly, um, if, if they have got that sort of capability, that's really interesting because I know with my kids who are both in the middle of um, high school and all their friends are using chat GPT, and the teachers have got no idea how to detect it. So that sort of technology really could be used well in schools at the moment to sort out what's going on there. Um, but the, the other point is, you know, if we are moving into a world where AI is more prevalent, do we want to stop usage of it? Uh, should we applaud people using it during the process of recruitment? Yeah. I think it shows that somebody's being resourceful. I want to I want to know the authentic person. And I don't think you'll make it very far if you're showcasing yourself as one thing, but you're actually another. I guess if you're going for a copywriting role and, <laughs> and they give you an, an exercise as part of the recruitment process and you plug it into chat GPT, that's probably cheating. A or like bit. operational efficiency. I yeah, feel like that's, right. that's a key call out right there. But it's, um, it is very interesting. And, and like you said earlier, it, um, you know, Sapia uh, market themselves as an AI company and to bring in software stopping the use of AI in the recruitment process, I wonder how counterproductive that might be to where they sit or um, what other people may be around the place are doing. I, I just find it fascinating. And you know what? 
I get to talk about AI now because Lauren's not here because she hates talking about it. <laughs> All she ever says is, it's no good, shut it down, blah, blah, blah. Um, privacy, this, that, it's horrible. But um, I love it. I-, I love what's happening not only in our industry but technology across the board and how fast things are changing. I love it because um, it's a race to keep up and it tries to keep your brain functioning to find out the next thing and, and, and embrace it and use it and only use it how you want to use it. Don't You have to use everything. Yeah, I think that there's appropriate uses of most tools, I think. Like I remember when I was in college, there was a tool where the, the professors could upload your papers and make sure that there was no plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. And that was that was only five years ago. No, <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> of was 15 years ago, which is kind of crazy. And now I, I think the use case in schools where kids are using AI, there's the argument that you want them using the tools that they're going to be using in the real world. And that's the whole point of education, exactly preparing them right. for the real world. Exactly. So use it in that context. But then in, in the laziness context, you're never going to learn how to write your own stuff and how to resource your own information if you're relying on AI tools. So, is, is, that any, is that any different from using Google? I mean, as we evolve as a, um, you know, a race or a, in everything we're doing, um, I mean, you think back in the 1600s and people don't talk like that anymore, like in Shakespeare times. Everything changes. Language, yeah. So I, I find it um, exciting, really exciting. And and it's funny, my sister is a school teacher and she's at, at in secondary, and she's saying to me that you know, like, oh, we're we're really clamping down on kids using Chat GPT, and then she said, but we're writing our reports using it. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's real life. They're using it for their job. So let's let students and maybe job applicants use it as part of the process in their real life as well. As long as it doesn't strip the creative thought process, but I guess you have to be creative to even ask Chat GPT or whatever AI. I know, right? Great question to get the right result. Maybe mm. I haven't used it. It's blocked. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I get a little freaked out because I'm like, we're feeding this beast that one day is going to strike back. Oh, it it's going to be like, I am legend or whatever. It, the we'll, movie. We'll, we'll, we'll be long dead. I don't yeah. worry about it. It will. Okay. AI will take over the world All and right. spit, a, spit the human race out the other end, but we probably deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Now, like we do every week, let's talk events. Our friends over at the ATC have got a fantastic webinar, The Power of Internal Mobility, coming up at 11 o'clock on the Thursday, the 29th of June. Marina Murphy from uh, REA Group will share how internal mobility and use it as a powerful tool to harness existing talent, enhance employee engagement and drive organisational growth. Um, the webinar will equip you with the knowledge and strategies needed to start thinking about how to successfully implement internal mobility programs, foster talent development and ensure organisational success in uncertain times. So jump on the ATC website for that one. Over to our other good friends at Rubber Band. They also have a Rubber Band Live coming up on the 27th of June at 12 o'clock. I was just checking they weren't on the same date, and they're not, which is great. Insurance and superannuation, the new sexy. Mm, Insurance and superannuation, the new sexy. Well, you're going to have to jump onto the rubber band live to find out whether that's true. And the guest people on it are Andrew Smith, Alicia Hook, and Daniel Marsh. And that's it from events for this week. Hey, Q, thank you for joining me this week. 
Thank you. And you'll be back next week to help out again? I will, unless I get a ticket to Dublin, unless Lauren wants to bring me over there. Uh, Well, I think she likes spending her time on her own. No, I don't know. I think it's less she likes spending time on her own and more other people like her being alone. Well, I, I'm loving the footage that she's posting on Facebook. She's I know, having she's, a great time. She's gone for a run. Like, she's a little workout Barbie. I love she, it. Had a Guinness Barbie. at the end of her day. It's a good, it's yeah, good. She needs to run with the, when you're in Ireland because all you do at the end of the day is drink Guinness, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so good for a, her. Yeah. I hope she's having a great time. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Um, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Lauren, anyway. And on that note, it's goodbye from me. Adios. Thank you.